Welcome to the Make Life Your Bitch podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Alicia. Greatness is a decision and your birthright. You deserve to love the woman looking back at you in the mirror. This show is for the purpose-driven female entrepreneur who is committed to only counting the time she gets back up. The woman who is ready to ignite the flame within, find her voice, and use the power of her story to transform the lives of those around her. This is your weekly fuel to inspire you to action, where I'll be sharing inspirational stories, real talks with thought leaders and successful entrepreneurs from around the world, and provide you with actionable success strategies for creating a business you love. I'm a content marketing coach, and I'm committed to helping you as an online creator and entrepreneur wherever you are to turn your dreams into a reality, to help you transform your messaging so you can create a genuine connection with your audience and grow your income online. You are far more powerful and stronger than you will ever imagine. We are the warriors. You were born for this. Let's make life your bitch. Hello and welcome to the Make Life Your Bitch podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Alicia. And today I have Jocelyn Crow with me. She's a professional photographer. She's the author of the 17th chapter. She's a podcast host and mentor in Columbus, Ohio. And she's here today to talk all about gratitude how to run a business and really talking about her own journey as to how she got into gratitude in the first place. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm honored for you to be here. So, you know, we were talking a little bit before we got started about gratitude and what got you to where you are. So where do you feel that your journey really began? Um, I would have to say that There is a very, very clear defining moment for me. I had battled stage four endometriosis. For anybody that's listening that doesn't know what that is, it affects one in 10 women, uh, 179 million women worldwide. Uh, It affects their reproductive organs, and it is the number one cause for infertility. I battled it for 13 years and went through so many different doctors and so many medications and just felt very lost. And every day was a little bit of survival. And there was a whole bunch of confusion where people thought that, oh, she's just making it up for attention. And there's no way that you could have cramps that are that bad. And it was really like taboo to talk about menstrual cycles and women's reproductive health. And, and people just got so creeped out by it. And I mean, this was 20 years ago. So times changed it a little bit. And now people talk about it freely a little bit more, but I ended up having, um, a surgery that removed my left ovary. And then a year later, I ended up losing all my reproductive organs and at a childless 30 years old was in menopause, um, and didn't get to be a mom. And it was very overwhelming and very filled with grief and trauma. And I don't think I processed any of that because it was like, Oh, it must be nice. You don't have to buy tampons anymore. Like it was just so weird how people are like, Oh, you can have sex and not get pregnant. And I'm like, that's what you're thinking of. Like, it was just very, it made me feel very alone. And I was already, um, doing photography part-time and I kind of had to put it on the back burner because of my health And everybody was like, well, now that you feel good, you can take pictures again. And so like, it kind of sparked a little bit of hope. And I'm like, oh, you're right. I do have more time now. And I do feel well. And I put more of my energy towards that. And I ended up kind of just taking my life and shaking it up and turning it upside down. I left a very comfortable, cushiony uh, corporate job on a whim. And I went to go work for another photographer And she opened up a second studio and I was managing both of them. And I was a photographer in one of them. And one day I went into work and she's like, what's wrong with your eyes? And I was like, I don't know. My eyes been really bothering me for the last couple of weeks. Uh, The place that we were, she had the business at was like an old house. So it was just really dusty in there. And I'm like, maybe it's just the dust or something. Well, it progressed and got worse and got worse. And I ended up going to the doctor because I woke up one morning and couldn't see out of my left eye. And my sinuses were completely impacted. And so I had to, it wasn't necessarily emergency surgery, but they had to get me on some antibiotics because I needed to be a little bit healthier to have the surgery. And they went through and reconstructed my sinuses. And then three weeks after that, they reconstructed my nose. Um, I had had dental implants 
when I was younger and they ended up breaking my nose when they put them in, which was a fluke thing. But because of that, it blocked my whole sinus cavity. So it was affecting my whole life. So I ended up getting a whole new identity because my face got reconstructed and my sinuses got reconstructed. Uh, my teeth are fake. So there was just a bunch of stuff that happened. And I woke up one day and looked in the mirror and didn't know who the girl was. Like I had lost my ability to have kids. I didn't know who this girl was that was everybody was being nice to because it was like, oh, you look so pretty now. And then I'm like, was I ugly before? Like (laughs) there was so many different identity issues going on in my life. And the only thing that I wanted was to be a photographer um, and to take pictures for people and empower women and um, capture these memories for people. And then when I was out recovering from my surgery, my boss texted me and was like, I'm closing the studio. You don't have a job to go back to. And I'm like, oh, this is fun. I also couldn't work out because uh, the way my nose surgery was, it was a very extensive reconstructive surgery. So I couldn't work out for a year. So I ended up gaining weight. And that was my stress relief for things, especially being a menopause. So there was just so much stuff coming at me. And I just was like, F it. I'm starting my own business. I If I can go through all of this, it doesn't matter if I fail at the things that I want to do because I've already had life just hand me all of this on like pile of poo. You know, I don't know how censored we are on here, but it was like, every- it doesn't even matter if I remembered if I swore it's like, everything's explicit because like the, every second word out of my mouth is fuck. So thank God, because that's what I was almost said. It was like one thing after another was just a pile of fucking shit. Like it was back to back, back to back, back to back. And everybody in my life was like, You're absolutely crazy. Like you need health insurance. You have dyslexia. How are you gonna make, you know, all this marketing material when you can't spell well? And it was just like negative, negative, negative. And I was pretty much like, watch me. And I went into this like cave where I just worked constantly all day long um, on myself. I sold everything I owned, literally Facebook marketplace. I made like $4,000 in a month just selling things I owned. I looked at my couch and I was like, I bet you that I could sell that and get a new lens. Like my brain shifted so much. And I ended up going down this tunnel of or a rabbit hole on YouTube. And I found Tony Robbins, which is an incredible motivational speaker. I know he always says he hates being called a motivational speaker, but that's what he did to me. And I was listening to some of his clips and um, I think it was also Oprah. And they kept talking about gratitude. And I was like, what is this magic pill that they keep saying like that linked them to a better life? And I'm like, that's so weird. And it was more and more. And the more things I turned on YouTube, it was like finding gratitude and um, spending time with yourself, finding gratitude. And it was so weird that it was just one of those things that was almost like a sign, like all the time it was right in my face. And like, like they say, if you hear three something three times or whatever, you're supposed to pay attention because you're missing it. And it's probably been there more. That's mm-hmm. how I felt. And I was like, maybe I should start practicing gratitude. So I ended up getting on Amazon and I purchased a gratitude journal and it was insanely difficult. I'm like literally started on, I think it was new year's day. And I'm like, do I really not have five things to be grateful for? Like, it was so weird. I'm like, okay, can I put that? I'm grateful for having food in my fridge. And I felt like it was just a very weird thing that I was just not very humble or grateful for what I did have. And then as each day went by, I realized I was getting up in the morning. And when I would meet somebody on the street or somebody was nice to me, um, or a client was amazing. I'm like, I got to remember to put that in my gratitude journal. And then I realized as the days were going on that I was looking for things to be grateful for, instead of trying to search for what I had that I was grateful for. And it totally shifted my mindset. And it was like a light bulb went off. And I'm like, this is what they were talking about. And even on like, the hard days, like I would have to go, okay, that was a bad day. But I know I have at least five things to be grateful for. And it was kind of funny, because I realized that on the bad days, I had a lot more things to be grateful for than I realized. And I was like drawing around the lines, like to add in more, more things. (laughs) So I did, um, a full year of gratitude. I, and I'm like, I'm going to put this on my bucket list that I'm going to 
create my own gratitude journal as an artist. I've always loved creating. And um, a couple of years had passed. I started doing more gratitude. Every year I'd done a gratitude journal that I purchased off of Amazon. And in the fall of 2019, I had a dog that I had for um, almost 17 years. She passed away. And that night I was like, what in the hell am I going to write in my gratitude journal today? Like, this is the worst day of my life. And I had a really hard time trying to figure out things to be grateful for as I'm crying. And then the next morning, my aunt died. And it wasn't like even 12 hours between the two. And I'm like, here we go again. I have to find something to be grateful for. And a couple of my friends were like, just skip it, Joss. And I'm like, I can't skip it. I've done it every day. And it just kind of occurred to me. I'm like, you need to create your own gratitude journals because even on the worst day of your life, you found something to be thankful for. And it's shifted your mindset so much that you need to help other people do it. So I have since gone on and published 10 gratitude journals and they are designed by me and there are photographs of um, things that I've taken that are, that I'm passionate about. And it's just crazy. Like uh, new year, 2023, I'll be starting my, I think it's my eighth year doing it. And I can tell a big difference in my life. If I forget, I wake up and I'm like, Oh my God, I fell out my journal. How did I go to bed? Um, and not do that. That was a very long answer for you. No, I think it's, you know, so important that you share that because, um, I think, I think, um, you know, the book, the secret did a lot of people disservice. When it comes to gratitude, you know, um, there's lots of people out there who are like, you know, write down th- three things that, or sorry, not three, usually it's 10 things that you're grateful for. And it's like, ask, believe, receive. And, you know, I really, I like to say, you know, by creating your own routine and rituals for manifestation and abundance, really, it all comes back to how like how it makes you feel. And the idea is to raise your vibration. Well, if you're just doing it for a task and you're not actually doing it to feel the gratitude, to raise your vibration, to see what's possible for you in your life, then if you're wondering why it's not working, that's why like, there's so many people that I see making vision boards and they put them on their wall and they don't ever look at it again, or they do look at them, but they don't actually feel excited Mm -hmm. about them. So, you know, even like with the gratitude journal, yeah, like first getting started and being like, I'm just going to write something down quickly. And then now going throughout the day, it's like, you're raising your vibration. It's totally different than just writing it down. And I know for myself, things really shifted for me in 2018 when I went to my first Tony Robbins event. And that was, you know, like my life was in pieces and I didn't know what I was like going to get there. I went and like 90% of the people raised their hand as entrepreneurs. And at that time I wasn't an entrepreneur like I have been since, you know, I was 17 years old, but at that moment I wasn't. And I'm like, am I supposed to be an entrepreneur to like be here? And it, it really, you know, that was the first time for me that I learned how to love myself. So I can totally relate to you when you say, you know, the thing about Tony Robbins, it's like, he doesn't like to be say say that he's a motivational speaker, but it's like he motivated me and like really transformed my life, you know? And it, I like, I agree with you. It's like, if we, like, if it keeps showing up in our face, like maybe you should take a peek at it and see what it is. <laughs> yeah. I feel like God in the universe is constantly giving us signs. And I don't think that I would be where I'm at in my business um, if I hadn't found Tony and his constant energy that he gives. I have never got to see him in person and I would probably just not be able to, the energy would just be too much for me because I am an empath. I pick up everybody's emotions and I feel like I would be so drained to do it for all that time. But it's kind of interesting. Like the secret was a huge thing. Uh, I graduated high school in 2001 and I feel like that was the first time I remember learning about the secret. And I, I remember my sister and I having those fake checks where you write yourself like a million dollars and all of that. And I'm like, yeah, we can do that. And I realized, I didn't realize it at the time, but I realized it 
later, uh, probably like a year ago or so I had wrote on my mirror, like I'm beautiful. I'm confident. I'm strong because of that. And my, between my junior and my senior year, my personality changed. I was way more confident. I had been made fun of and just a lot of hard times growing up. Um, and I noticed the shift in me and how other people were treating me just because of that. So I kind of held on to that magic, but just because I got sick all the time and battling chronic health issues, I kind of forgot about it. And then when I became a full-time business owner, I was thrown into it. And that was when I was like, you know what? I remember manifesting all of these things and believing in myself. And so that's when I started doing it and like vision boards. And I do remember going, this isn't working. Why is this not working? And then I'm like, well, go back to it, look at it, really be present in it and focus on it. And of course, sometimes things don't always happen overnight. And I think a lot of times people give up because of that, but I love going back to vision boards or just journals that I keep of dreams that I have. And I start crossing them off. I take like a highlighter. I'm like, yep, achieved 2018, 2021, like all the different things. And it's really cool to see that flourish. And I think a lot of people today, they're like, oh, I can do this. I can manifest all this money and make it happen. Or I can manifest this. And then in 24 hours, like it didn't work. I'm like, that's not how this works. So I do mm-hmm. think it is a thing where people, it's a mindset shift and it's not a one size fits all. And you kind of have to keep revisiting it and uh, continuing to practice it. And if you forget, then you go back and our words just are very powerful. And I think that that is where gratitude has come into play with me. I wrote a book earlier this year. I wanted it done before I turned 39. Um, and uh, an entire chapter was about gratitude. And I really feel like it's something that I was doing without even realizing I was doing it. And then when I focused on it, it, it grew. Um, mm-hmm. There was a point in time when I was in a relationship with somebody that was an alcoholic And I ended up going to Al-Anon meetings to try to understand what he was going through. And they give out this book called The Courage to Change. And in it is one of the things that I found interesting that I didn't even realize I was doing it because I wasn't a business owner. I was was a part-time business owner at that point, but I wasn't immersed into it. And so I focused on it in my own daily life. I was working in a corporate job and couldn't sleep at night. But one of the chapters, they say to find something that like, if you have restless thoughts or you're overwhelmed or you're anxious to find things that you're grateful for with every letter of the alphabet. So I would start off and I'm like, I'm grateful for apples because apples are my favorite food. And (laughs) I'm like, I went through the whole alphabet at night and I would fall asleep that way. And I'm like, this is an incredible thought process that we don't have to just be thankful for when somebody opens up the door for us or if they buy us a coffee in the drive-thru or um, get us a birthday gift or a Christmas gift. Like we can literally be thankful for us, the sunshine or like my friends think it's crazy that I love rain. So they're like, oh, it's so nasty outside. I'm like, it's so beautiful. I love the rain. It's going to make the grass grow and it's going to be green. And there's going to be beautiful flowers. And it's funny how they they look at me like, I didn't even think about that. I'm like, we have to have rain to make these things. Like there might be a rainbow after. So focusing on things to be grateful for just as small and insignificant can really just shift. Like I'm thankful sometimes for red lights because sometimes I don't know what's ahead and maybe there's an accident that I'm supposed to be not in or something. So could have been me. Yeah, for sure. There's been many days when I've been like, I live right next to the fire station. So I hear the sirens and I'm like, Oh, I'm so glad I was running late today. Like that could have been me in an accident, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, when I talk about the book, the secret, of course it like, that was the first book that introduced me to manifestation, gratitude and all that kind of stuff, you know? And so like, I truly believe in it. The reason I say it's a, I think it's a disservice is I think a lot of people read the book and like you said, they think that they're going to manifest shit overnight and, you know, understanding what I know today to go back and read the book, it's a totally different book, but you know, it's in the beginning, it was like, you just had in your head, ask, believe, receive. And then I'll like, and the thing that bothered me 
when I read it and like what the, the part I missed, I should say, was that it was like, you have to be positive in order to receive. And so for me, anytime I had a negative thought feeling immediately, I was like trying to stop it. It's like, you're not supposed to cry. You're not supposed to do these things. You're not supposed to be angry. And it was literally trapping the energy within my body. And then I was wondering why, you know, I wasn't moving forward. And it's like, well, cause you didn't even allow like emotions are energy in motion and you haven't even allowed those feelings to flow through you. And it's okay to feel those things. It's okay to hold the duality and still be positive. And, you know, like you said, it's like, even on those shitty days, finding that positive thing, because then you're creating the duality, you're creating the balance versus only focusing on the negative. And if you do that, like on those days, yeah, you're going to feel negative. And to me, that creates just like positivity. It creates that spiral. It's really easy to go down the rabbit hole of feeling sorry for yourself, feeling shitty. And, you know, I like what you shared about on your mirror, because currently like I switch things up um, in order for me to raise my vibration. But currently my three right now is um, I set a timer for two minutes and I do in front of the mirror, I am statements. And um, with my hands on my hips, like a superwoman. Um, the other one I do is I have a clear letter that I read to myself. Like I set goals every 90 days and I have like a year yearly goal. And so I read that every single day. And then the third one is I do the Tony Robbins priming right now, um, as my morning meditation kind of thing. So it's interesting how, when we're really, we create the awareness around it. I think it really makes a difference in our lives. Like having the awareness, being okay with like the red light, you know, stopping us in our tracks and all that, because if we don't have that level of awareness, we really just like coast through life. I agree a hundred percent with that. And I think too, people, I have noticed that they feel like you have to be super positive and it's not like it's, they call it like toxic positivity, I think is what they've referred it to and that you can't have bad days. I'm like, oh, trust me, I have bad days. Like, I just don't sit there. Like you're mm-hmm. allowed to cry. You're allowed to feel like that's a human trait. Like we cry for a reason. I remember one time my mother had lost, it was a very crazy time in my family's life. I actually talk about it in in my book, but my dad had been laid off at a job that he had had for a really long time. And then his father passed away. And then my mom got laid off and her mother passed away. So I lost all my grandparents. Um, and then my parents' house went into foreclosure and they lost their home. And like, everything was just coming down around my family. And I lost, I had my hysterectomy at the same time. And it was just very overwhelming. And my mom mentioned that she's like, maybe I should get on antidepressants because I'm just crying. And I'm like, or you just cry like this mm-hmm. is bad stuff like we're allowed to feel his emotions and she's like are are you sure like I'm just tired all the time I'm like that's grief like you're allowed to feel his <laughs> emotions and she didn't have to get on any meds but I think that like so many people are quick to do that because they feel like oh I'm supposed to be positive all the time or you know like it's crazy to me like I lost Lexi uh she was my dog uh, I lost her three years ago and I can still cry at the drop of a hat thinking about her because the grief was so significant to me. She was the only thing that had been around me day and night, um, especially living alone, not having any kids or anything. So like coming home to an empty house like every day where she used to greet me was just so overwhelming. And, uh, everybody was like, do you feel like you're depressed? I'm like, no, I'm just grieving. Like there's a difference. Mm -hmm. And like, sometimes you just have to feel those emotions and sometimes you have to stop and get her along with your day and then go home and cry about it. But it was just like the other day I was putting up my Christmas tree and a bunch of ornaments were for her. And like, I had a dog fur and a little, um, like glass ornament or whatever. And I started tearing up and I'm like, just feel it, just, you know, just feel Mm -hmm. it and move on. And I think so many times people deny those emotions and that's exactly what I think they get stuck on when they're trying to manifest things. And I always try to say, like, I'm not the queen of manifestation, but like, I'm really good at it. 
And uh, like money magnet is my whole thing. Like I'm like, I always, <laughs> my family is like, how do you do that? And I'm like, I don't know. But like, oh, I need $3,000. Give me a second. I'll manifest it. It's just funny how it happens. But I have affirmation um, videos on my YouTube for the same thing about like health and money and positivity. And people are like, oh, you're so positive all the time. I'm like, well, you have to also allow yourself to be negative. Like some days you just need a bitch session. I have a friend <laughs> that I'm like, we'll co-work and we get on on zoom and we'll co-work and i'm like i just need two minutes to complain because this shit is pissing me off today and she's like okay and then i get it out and i'm like all right i feel better so what have you done today and like we just shift our mindset and i think that's where like you had said like i think the like the secret has screwed up people's mindsets because they start feeling that doubt of like oh i had negative thoughts no i'm not gonna get that I'm like no you're allowed to have an emotion like that's a human trait like feel it then reset yourself and bring yourself into that, um, into that receiving. I had a mentor that she was so like, she's still, she's still amazing woman. I just don't have her as my mentor anymore, but she always used to do this thing where you would put your, um, left hand up, like palm up and your right hand down. And it was left was receiving and right was giving. Um, and it was a way to keep the channels open so like if you felt like you were giving too much, like you could rotate it. And like it was just a visual aspect where you could like rotate your hands back and forth. And um, I used to do that when like get into a mindset. I'm like, all right, today I'm going to give because I have a hard time. I've talked about this on my podcast, too. We had um, Safina Duke was about boundaries and she and I were talking about it is, is like sometimes we give too much mm-hmm. and that makes it hard for us to receive because um, it's like, you can't fill your cup when your cup is empty. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that was my biggest thing was when I came back from Tony Robbins was that was the level of awareness I had where, you know, I was like, man, like I am giving from an empty cup, you know, I'm not actually giving like take receiving anything. And I always believe like we give from the overflow and, you know, some people think you're selfish, but if, if I don't take a minute to be selfish and when there's nothing left in me, it's like, I have nothing to give you and you're, you're not going to get the best of me either. And, you know, like, like I said, like with the book, the secret, I think a lot of us started with that in our energetics, you know? And so it's like, I'm not trying to like beat up the book, the secret. I just, (laughs) (laughs) it's just, I, I think that I think it like, there's a different level of awareness now. Like we kind of said, like going back to it is very different, but in the very beginning, people were so focused on that and, um, you know, thinking that they wrote those checks and they actually have an app now. Um, and one of my former coaches was like, you need to do this every day. And like, you have to spend all the money and then you'll get more money. And to me, I'm like, that doesn't feel good for me, but clarity in what we desire is so important. Yeah. Um, one of the things like I'm starting to do is I don't like journaling, but, um, instead of like journaling about my day, it's like journaling about my desires and like doing like a 30 day chunk of just going down the rabbit hole of like what I desire and getting more and more clear on it because so many people will do like visualization meditations And they're changing their mind all the time. And they're like, I don't know what I want. Like, I really don't know. And I laugh because I'm like, okay, so you don't know what you want, but you're sitting there praying, asking God for direction, like where, (laughs) like direction where, or like crystals or tarot cards. I mean, I use all of them, but if I don't know what I'm wanting, you know, you can pull a tarot card, but and like, be like, can you give me direction? And then you look at it and you're like, this is negative. And it's like, well, no, you like, maybe it's telling you, like, maybe you need to sit down and figure out what mm-hmm. you want in life. Um, but, you know, even with that feeling of anger, right. Where you said like, you just need a bitch session. I think it's so important. I was just doing a call with one of my clients and she, I said to her, like, you know, she, like there was a lot of anger stuff that came up. And I said to her, like, you know, you've, now that we've talked about, I said the and like the energy is starting to move. It's not hanging out anymore. I was like, you need to go for a drive and you just need to scream and get angry because I think 
frustration is the worst emotion out there. Um, feeling frustrated because you end up holding the energy within. It's like, you don't move towards happiness. You don't move towards anger. It's just like this in the middle level of like this frustration. And it really does nothing for you. I agree so much to that. There were two things you talked about and hopefully my my ADHD can hold both of the thoughts. <laughs> I know it's like as women you... we it's like as women we like say something and then we come back and I always laugh cuz I'm like you can be having a conversation with another woman and you're all over the place and they're like I'm sorry like you know I know I'm all over the place and as women we're like oh no I'm following it's okay. <laughs> yes, that's absolutely accurate. So I teach uh tutorials for photographers and one of the things that I teach is like how to price yourself as a photographer. And it really could apply to any artist for that matter. But I always will ask like, if I do one-on-one mentoring when I'm like, well, what's your goal for your business? And they'll like throw out a number and I'm like, okay, but you forgot all these other things that like, is your goal to help other people? Like, is it, what problem is it solving? And why did you pick that number? And it's crazy how with the, the way I teach mine is, is like, I tell them to like break it down in 12 months, like you can have a goal of like, Oh, I want to make a million dollars. But if you don't know how to get there, then it's not going to matter. And like breaking down and focusing on it is important. Um, and I think that that is where a lot of times people that are trying to price themselves forget because they only see that number, but they don't think of all the other avenues of what they need to do to work on it to get to that number. And then as a business, you've, you've like, miss so many different holes that you need to do. Um, I like, I try to break it down and go, okay, well, I have to make X amount of money this week and X amount of money this month. And that is going to solve the end goal. And I think we do that a lot with like when you said journaling and stuff, like these are your goals, but if you're not figuring out the path that you want and the answer, you're not going to get anything. And then it's like, well, I said, I wanted that. Like there was a TikTok trend that I thought was hilarious that I feel like this rings true. Um, it was like a whole surprise and delight me universe, surprise and delight me. And I was having a good day and I was like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to say this surprise and delight me. And I went into Lowe's, which is like a home improvement store and they have like garden flowers and stuff like that. And I was like, God, surprise and delight me universe. What are you going to serve up to me today? And I found this, uh, Lily that was like a mini Lily and I love them. Um, it was uh, not a Lily. It was an orchid. And I was like, well, that was, it was on sale. And like, it was a nice surprise. You know, I was like, I love this color. I'm going to buy it. Uh, Or it was delightful. That's what it was. I was like, this is delightful. I think I need to get it. I was meant to find it today or whatever. Well, I go home and I get my mail and I opened up this bill that I had that I had been in the emergency room right before the mandates of 2020. And three years later, I get this bill for (laughs) $5,000. And I was like, that's not the surprise I was expecting. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like funny because I forgot that I had it. Like our everything shut down and they didn't do their billing and everything. And then when I got it, I was like, so I need to be more clear. I was in (laughs) fact surprised um, and I was delighted, but not in necessarily a good way. I want, I want a delight surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, I'm glad I spent $10 on this orchid, but now I have a $5,000 bill. Um, But I think like you said too, the like filling your cup, I, I took a day off. Um, I worked like we just had a holiday here, uh, Thanksgiving for people that are not in the United States. And I worked all day and like, I have no family around me. They're all out of state and stuff. So um, I just came into my studio and I was working and everything. And then I realized that I was getting people were assuming that I was well rested because it was a holiday and everything. And I'm like, I've been working, like I need a day off today. And one of my friends was like making me feel very guilty for taking a day off. And I just snapped at her and like, she's one of, she's been one of my best friends. So like, we're more like sisters. So when I say snapping, Mm -hmm. it's not like a bad thing, but I was like, my house is a disaster. Like I can't function and I have dishes in the sink and laundry and like, I need to clean like my whole I didn't feel comfortable in my own skin. Uh, Also my, I didn't feel comfortable in my own home. And that was overflowing into my business where I felt like I was bottlenecking everything. 
And she was trying, like, I don't think she did it intentionally. And she's a business owner, so she works hard too. And she said something. She's like, well, you need to do that. You need to do that. And I just snapped. And I was like, listen, I'm allowed to take a fucking day off. And I don't know (laughs) anybody a fucking explanation. And it was like dead silence. And she was like, you're right. I'm sorry. You do. And I was like, (laughs) right. And like, I felt so much better. Um, But I I I had emptied my cup and I was scraping every drop in the glass and there was nothing left to give. And I don't think we realize that or slow down sometimes to realize like if I have nothing left to give, my business is going to suffer. My friendships are going to suffer. I'm going to snap at people. And once I got my whole house cleaned and I got rest that night, I woke up feeling like a million bucks. And like I started having more money come to me and more bookings and selling more things and things just became easier instead of that dark cloud that was on over me. I don't recommend snapping at your friends like that, but her <laughs> and I, it's okay. But yeah, I think that we just get into a cycle sometimes that we think that we're like, oh, we need to do this and um, we need to do that. And sometimes we just have to slow down and find the gratitude in something or start something small where it's like, you know, I can't do my whole house today. Why don't I just do the dishes or why don't I water the plants and um, kind of have to factory reset our own body sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I find sometimes too, it's like, if there's something like you were saying, you know, if we see something three times, we should probably pay attention. It's like, if there's something going through your mind multiple times a day of like, I have to do this, I have to do this. And then it's like, but I have to do my business stuff. You know, that stuff's going to play in the back of your head. And then every time you see it, it's going to like literally drain your energy, even just seeing it. So you might as well just like pause on the business stuff And sometimes just pausing on the business stuff allows you to see it at a different light. And then it's like, oh, like I remember one time I was trying to figure something out with a website that I was building and I like I spent like, oh, my God, like 20 hours and like not sleeping, like looking at this thing and being like, why isn't it fucking working? And then all of a sudden, like I took a step away from it and I came back and, you know, I tried one thing. And then I was able to fix everything on this, like the site within five minutes. But when you're in the shit, sometimes, you know, you need to walk away. And for me, like, I know a lot of people say like, you should do business from like a feminine standpoint and stuff. And even that, like I fell into that trap of being, you know, in the energy of feminine. And I was like, no, like there's parts of me that like, I, I love to hustle. Like I actually enjoy it. And you know, I think, I think we need to stop focusing. I like to say block out the noise, especially in business and, you know, like bring yourself back to like, you know, you were saying, I I can't remember if it was before we started the recording, but it's like, I'm the queen of, um, what did you say? I said, I'm the queen of find a way, make a way. Yeah. (laughs) It was before we hit record. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's like, what are you the queen in and really being like really owning that feeling of like, this is what I'm really fucking good at. And, you know, with when we can think that way and really focus on, you know, what brings us joy, what we're really good at versus thinking that like seeing a mentor or someone we look up to online who is manifesting and they start telling you their way of doing things. Like, you know, to me, I've like, had so much awareness now that when I work with clients, I'm all about like, let's find your way of doing things. Let me help you understand why that's working for that person because of like, let me talk to you about the energetics and that kind of stuff. And it's like, okay, then we have to find your way. Cause I've had coaches who have told me like, you need to do my routine because that's what's helping me make all this money. And I'm like, I like don't have time for that. Or it's like, when I do that, it does nothing for me. And like, I've had these women say like, no, you have to do it though. I'm like, or I could just do this. Now that I understand why you do it, then I can do it too. And, you know, when you were talking about the way that you set goals, um, for me, when I set like a financial goal, um, it creates pressure for me when I focus on like the, how, when I pull up my calculator to me, I like, I, it creates too much pressure for me. Mm -hmm. And so I personally don't like set my goals that way. 
Um, but I have a client who she like works, she's a banker and that's like, you know, that's where her mind operates and she loves to manifest that way. And so, you know, for some of us, we like to focus on like, well, the how, but for me, when I think about, oh, I want to bring in like, you know, a $20,000 month, if I pull out my calculator, it's like I get obsessed with the how of my business. And the reason I say that was because July of last year, um, I had a $10,000 check coming to me um, from the government. And I was like so focused on like it had to be with my business. But then on the other side of things, it was like the government was dragging their ass with it. And I'm like, you know, why is it taking so long? Like I did this in the beginning of June and it's now almost the end of July and I haven't received it. And so I'm frustrated there, but I'm also saying like, and that was my thing that would have put me at $20,000. And so it's like, I'm trying to control the universe and tell it how to do its job. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I was like, finally it occurred to me and I was like, oh my God. And I think it was the beginning of August, like it was like a few days later, the money was in my account when I like shifted that mindset. And I was like, oh, like I need to stop telling the universe how to do its job. Like, you know, I have to identify how many clients do I want? How many, like, what do I want to achieve? Like within my business, like what's the goal of like how I'm going to feel. And then on the other side of things and be like, I want to bring in this much money this month. And Maybe I'm not going to tell the universe how to do it. (laughs) Yeah. It creates almost like a vortex of resistance too, because Mm -hmm. uh, I think too, I am not a fan of the whole quote, niching down. (laughs) That is something I feel like almost ruined me as a business. Um, As a photographer, I feel like things are a little bit different, uh, especially because I worked with some life coaches and stuff. And like when I do my tutorials, I price it differently than I do my actual services Uh, because I have a photography studio. I have to make a certain amount of money or they turn off my lights and I don't have my (laughs) studio. Um, And so like there's just a different way to price for each one of those things. But there were so many people that were like, well, you should only focus on one type of photography. And even though like the mentor that I had that I was paying, she didn't specify all that. I just felt like all of this pressure that was like, you need to focus on one type of photography. And I ended up going in 20, I think it was 2019. And I like, I started out, I've been a photographer for 22 years, but I was doing weddings and engagements, seniors and family. And then I stopped in 2017 and was doing portraits. So that included family, seniors, uh, boudoir headshots, personal branding, like just stuff like that in a studio setting. And in 2019, everybody's like, Oh, you're doing too much. Just focus on one. And I, I went to boudoir because that was very empowering to women. And because I had been through all of my issues with infertility and my endometriosis and everything that I went that Avenue, but I lost all of the fun things that I was doing and why I got into photography and I just kept forcing it. And then I got flagged on Facebook for sexually suggestive content, (laughs) even though they were clothed. And like, there were so many other things that were coming up where it was like my account, like I was in Facebook jail for a year. So although I could post, like there were certain things that I was getting shadow banned and I couldn't run ads and like, it was hurting my business. And there was so much resistance to it. It was like, I have to do it. I have to follow this niche. I have to do it because I created all of this content around it. And earlier this year, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like this is the, the resistant is too much to me. And I let it go and I opened it back up. I was still doing all the different types of photography. I just wasn't marketing towards it because I felt like I couldn't because I had to be like that niche down of things. But it was like maybe two weeks where I felt like there was crickets and I was like, I'm nervous. But then it it just picked back up and then I was more busy than I was before. And then I got invited into the Facebook creator fund and um, I now I get paid to post on Facebook. I'm like this and I'm still in I've been in account warnings in September, but like there's just so much more freedom with that instead of having that resistance of trying to hone in and do one thing. And I think a lot of times people do that, um, like you said, with their money, where it's when you're focusing on it or. You, it, you create a resistance to it until you let mm-hmm. it go um, and let, like you said, like God and universe to do its job because you can't control it, but you can hope for it. 
Um, and sometimes it's not our path. Like that wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. And I was trying to make it that thing. Um, and I think a lot of times people do that where they're like, I have to do this. I'm like, no, you don't like, just let it go. Yeah. And it, you know, there's a local woman, I like, she lives an hour or so away from me now, but, um, grew up with her and she does boudoir and same thing happened to her. And she moved everything over to Instagram because they're a little more free over there. So I know she moved over there, but, um, you know, I when it comes, I know who you're talking about, <laughs> Alicia, Alicia. Um, so that I don't know her, but yeah, there's another girl that did the exact same thing that I think mm-hmm. is also near where you're at Jennifer. Okay. Yeah. No, Alicia, like, and she has quite a few followers on there, but, um, yeah, like it's, it's interesting how, you know, we can get shadow banned and it's, you know, as like entrepreneurs, we just have to navigate through it and find a way, but um, the reason I was thinking of that queen thing, and I, I do think clarity breeds confidence. And when I say clarity, I don't mean niche down. I mean, you are so clear on what you do as a person, not what's like, when I said block out the noise, it's like, not what someone else is telling you to do. Cause that fucked up my business in the beginning. hundred yep. like, percent. It, I, um, I was like easily hitting 10 K months. Like once I decided to stop treating my business like a hobby and I started focusing on, um, what's called, like I started focusing on the business itself, um, within 90 days, I was hitting 10 K months and all of a sudden someone told me, well, you need to niche here. And like, you shouldn't be talking about mindset and you shouldn't be like, you should only be choosing one or the other. And it like, it fucked up my mindset. And all of a sudden I wasn't making the money that I was. And so I went down this journey of, you know, and for me, I felt so much gratitude that I wasn't quite hitting those months anymore, like the 10, 20 K, because it's really allowed me that since I had a daughter to be able to now build a business so I can spend more time with my family because I was so much in the hustle. But, you know, the other day, and it's funny because it was only about a week ago that finally, like, I got so annoyed with, like, different women online who are telling people, like, I think what's happened is because people have niched down so much that what is happening with women is they're seeing these women really successful. And so they're, like, thinking, well, it's my sales that's a problem, so I need to do sales. And so they've now taken all these programs And nobody's shown them how to put the fucking pieces together. And so, you know, because there's this one woman that I was following who was saying, you know, you don't need to do sales calls. You don't need to do DMs. You don't need to give away free resources and all this stuff. And it's like I was reading it. I was just like getting more and more mad because I'm like, yeah, you don't have to do those things, but you have to have something in place instead of doing that like you can't just tell people and I was following her and she told me I didn't have to do sales calls anymore and I was like sweet but she didn't tell me what to do instead and so it's like I think people who are making like half a million to a million dollars a month forget how they got to where they are absolutely and so the other day like I said like I was getting more and more frustrated and I was like you know what am I the queen of? Like when it comes to my confidence, I'm like, I know 100% of my entire being, I can help women hit 10 K months to me. I'm like, I think it's easy. I think it's like, you know, I can help any sort of like coach within their business go and hit a 10 K month because like, you know, especially the women who have, you know, they, they know their niche and they've done all the things. And it's like, let me help you put these pieces together. So it, actually make sense for you. And I was on a make life your bitch call on Monday. And my one client, I was explaining this to them. And she was like, nobody has ever explained it to me like that before. And she's like, Oh, my God, it does get to be easy. And you know, I today it's like, I feel so confident in that because, again, with niching, someone told me you you can't make income claims. And it's like, I'm not, you know, I'm saying that you can do it, you know, Mm -hmm. and I mean, and like, I was so like, I'm so confident in it that I now have a 10 K guarantee that if you don't within like our year together, which I mean, 
like I only do three month containers of private coaching now because of my confidence, but inside like my group program, I've said, I'm like, if at the end of the year, you still haven't for some reason hit a 10 K month, which like you should have, if you're showing up to the calls, then I will continue to work with you until you do, you know, like, and we have to be so confident within ourselves in order to be able to do that. But for me, it's like I had to block out the noise of like mm-hmm. what everybody else was telling me that I had to do. Like you shouldn't help women, you know, with the whole piece of the business, you should help them with one thing. And it's today I'm like, yep. And that's what's fucking people up. That's yeah. what's holding people back. Well, I think too, like once you start having $10,000 months, you forget that some people it like to them, that's like a hundred thousand dollars and it's so out of reach for them. So like, I've noticed people like their wills will start turning. I'm like, I've lost you. Let's bring it back down. Like, um, and start small. And like, then when they're like making $10,000 months, they're like, I only made $10,000 this month. And I'm like, <clears throat> you did what? <laughs> and you have to like remind them because like, I do the same thing. And I'm like, Oh, I only had a $50,000 month. And then I'm like, Okay. Remember when you like wanted that in a like six month goal. And, mm-hmm. uh, I think a lot of times people like, I try to stay very humble with things too, but like, I think a lot of times people see other people doing it and they're like, Oh, I have to do that. I have to do this. And like you said, uh, mirroring other people, it might not work for them. When I went full-time with my photography business, it's been almost nine years now. And or eight years. I don't even know now, but, um, everybody was like, yeah, you need to get up at four o'clock in the morning and you need to dress business professional and you need to have these hours and block. Like everybody just kept telling me all this different things. And I'm like, if I wanted to be that miserable, I would have stayed at corporate jobs. Like (laughs) I am not a morning person. So when, especially when I got my studio, I opened up my studio and, uh, been here five years now. But when I set the hours, I was like, it's 10 to four. And most of the time I'll, I'll like say 10 to six or whatnot, but people are like, you, you don't open before 10. And I'm like, no, I'm not creative before then. And like, I'm Mm -hmm. the one that's taking your photos and I have to be creative and I have to be energetic and especially photographing women. There's such a difference. Like some people want afternoons, sometimes people want evenings, but there's a lot of women that literally were like, can I come in at six in the morning? I'm like, no, you cannot. Like, I'm not going to be miserable trying to take your photos. Like I started my business for a better life. Um, and I'm going to wear jeans because those are what comfortable to me when I shoot, like I wore professional clothing and I was ruining my clothes because I was on the ground taping backdrops and I was on my knees trying to pose a different photo or take a different angle and stuff. And I'm like, I need to be comfortable. And it was just like that whole, like it made me realize like, I control my own business. Like I can control these things. And these are boundaries. Boundaries was a huge thing. Like I'm still learning. And it's funny because that's something you should start with in a business is having (laughs) business is having boundaries. And I didn't add them until later, but, um, creating a schedule that fits you. And I did the same thing where I was looking at people and I'm like, Oh, well they have to get up and work out in the morning. You can't like, I, I am huge into, um, knowing like your own routine. And I always joke that maybe I'm just in the wrong time zone, but I am not productive in the morning. I can't get a good workout in the morning. I can't get all of the things that I want done at four o'clock or five o'clock or six o'clock. And I ended up doing this like DNA testing through, I think it was like 23 and me. And in it, they have like your ideal time that your body and your genetics is best to wake up. And it was 8 32 AM. And I started laughing. I'm like, that's when I feel the best. And that's when I start my day. And I think, like you said, we, we start comparing ourselves to other people and we're like, Oh, we need to do that. But when I was getting up at five o'clock in the morning, I was miserable. I wasn't getting anything done. I wasn't productive and I was half-assing everything. And I'm like, well, I was doing it because that's what they were doing, but it didn't fit what I needed in my goals and my business. And I'm doing this for me and my better life. Um, And that comparison stick is just so annoying. Mm -hmm. Somebody told me one time, if you continue to measure people, um, your, your ruler is always going to be broken because it's not your it's not your measuring stick. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I, yeah. I feel like, um, 
gratitude is one of the things that always brings me back to that and why it became so important because I'm grateful that I get to set my hours. And I know that that's not always the case for people because some people have kids and newborns and they're on different schedules. So you just have to do what makes you feel good in your, in your life and in your business. Yeah, no, my kid operates on my schedule. (laughs) So I'm okay with that. I'm like, you know, we do naps throughout the day and bedtime's at 1130. And she sleeps like she'll, she sometimes wakes up halfway through, but she sleeps till 10, you know? And for me, um, it's really good for me because when she's sleeping, like I'm a night owl. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't like to get up before 10. Same. And, it, you know, so for me, I'm often doing behind the scenes business stuff till 3am. And I, it's because I am most creative then. And I enjoy the silence of the house. Yep. And, but with her, you know, it's nice because like she sleeps through that. She didn't do it today, but that's because (laughs) she, she like fell asleep at like eight last night and it pretty much slept all the way through. Like I was at my parents' house and then came home. Um, And so, I mean, it's like those little things, but yeah, like, you know, she typically stays up late. And I mean, it was no different than I was when I was pregnant. Like she, would have gotten used to that, like the noise and the movement and that kind of thing. And I think people try and put like operate sometimes around their kids schedule and maybe I'm an asshole, but I'm like, no, (laughs) like you know, I have a life and I have a schedule and like, she's going to operate around mine and it's going to be okay. I I 100% support that statement. Uh, And this is a tangent for a whole other topic. But I feel like the school systems, um, we had to start school at 730 in the morning. And I look back and I'm like, from 7.30 to 10 a.m., I never learned anything. It could have been my favorite class and I wasn't retaining anything. And I think like we're conditioned here where it's like a nine to five job. Like you go to school and I even went to a business college. I graduated in uh, 2002 uh, with a business degree in graphic design. And I was going to be like a freelance designer and everything. And it was crazy to me because we got in trouble if we didn't have pantyhose on, like we had to dress business. Like we had that nine to five school and it's such bullshit. (laughs) Like (laughs) bullshit. There's no reason that we need to have that because like you and I, I am so much more productive and creative in the middle of the night. And I think with like my photography studio, it's a bit different because I have a brick and mortar Um, which I so struggle with that sometimes with the hours because um, clients will come in and I'm a talker. So like they'll come in at 10, we do their shoot and we talk and they love hanging out. But then I'm like, Oh, I have to go do all the other stuff that I didn't get to do because I was with them. And then I'm up all night. Well, then I'm like, well, I have a shoot next morning and it's 2am. But like my makeup artist will come in here and she'll be setting up for a shoot. And she's like, what time did you fall asleep? You tagged me on TikTok at 3 a.m. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I only got like three hours of sleep. So it's hard. And like, I'll be 40 soon. And so I think like, I'm not going to be able to do that forever. Like photography is not meant to be like 20 years as a photographer, your eyes and your back just can't handle um, leaning forward, taking photos, squatting, all those things. But when I stop doing photo shoots and retire from photography, like my hours, like I'll still be a business owner. I'll still be doing things online, um, and coaching and mentoring and everything like that. And it will be on the night shift hours for sure. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I used to, you know, do coaching calls according to other people's time zones and I had to stop. I'm like, you know, I will ask the women in my world a little bit, but I, you know, I do things that feel really good for me. Cause you're going to get me at my best, but yep. also on top of that, like I, I operate best on five hours of sleep. Like if I sleep longer than that, it takes my body so much longer to wake up and I feel like shit. And the funny thing about that is my grandma, um, she, she's like almost 80. She's still like living on her own. She's still working just because she wants to, she walks to work every day. And I was asking, like, I was going to leave the one day and I was like, oh, sorry, it's probably late for you. And it was like 10. She's like, 
no, like I'm going to be up for another like few hours. Mm -hmm. And she said for her, she's like, I sleep about five hours a night. And I was like, that's where I get it from. Yep. (laughs) I think too, like people have to have like their own schedule and figure out their own body. And I think that's a blessing that business owners get to have because we're more aware of that. We're not conforming to some other rule where we're going to get written up if we're not there on time. And Uh, it's kind of crazy. Like I used to work for a corporation, um, a large bank and I live in a very busy city and I had to drive 30 minutes through that busy city to get to that bank. Well, I passed five of those banks on the way to the one that I worked at. And I got a new manager one day and she was like, we're changing our hours. You have to be here at 8am. And I'm like, this is such a pain in the ass because we were working with lawyers and we were on the law firms. I ended up working with 52 different law firms throughout the United States and they wanted us to be early because some of the time zones, well, my time zones didn't change. Like they were all on my time zone. So it didn't matter. And like predominantly it was like Kentucky and Florida. So literally I didn't need to switch my hours for their time zones. Cause I would be there before they were at work. And she and I would, uh, she just would not budge about it. And I was like, you don't realize the traffic that I'm dealing with. It takes me an hour and 15 minutes to get 20 minutes on the worst day. It was 30, 30 minutes. That's what I would always give myself. And I'm like, you were creating such a horrible effect just by changing it for half an hour. And I kept asking her, I'm like, is this permanent? Like I like probably was annoying as shit, but didn't <laughs> care. And she ended up having to have a meeting at um, the bank that was right by me. Like I can literally be out on my balcony and see this bank. It's one of the largest buildings in Ohio. Um, they have guards and all these different things on the property. It's huge. There's like 10,000 employees in it. And that's where the traffic I got. Ironically, it's also behind my studio. So I still see it every day and I know the traffic patterns, but she had to have a meeting there and she came in the next day and she goes, you can come back in at 830. And I looked <laughs> up at her and I was like, why? And she goes, I sat in traffic for two and a half hours last night on the way home. And I'm like, so you had to experience the misery to realize like this wasn't working and it was pointless. And I think that that that's a prime example of like 15 minutes, half an hour difference changed the entire course of my day because I was irritated as shit sitting in traffic, the gas costs more. And I was more productive when I could come in half an hour late. And I think like, that's the great benefit of being a business owner. Um, and not having that, like not everybody functions on the right thing Mm -hmm. on the, on the same thing. So it was a whole key cutter. (laughs) Yeah. Like we're all meant to have, like, I always like try to get in the mindset now of if I don't like it, somebody else might like, I don't like cleaning, Mm -hmm. but somebody else loves cleaning. Like they love getting up and it's like, what can I clean? What can I organize? And if I hire that person, I'm giving them the joy and it's taking Mm -hmm. something else off my plate. Um, and helps me be more productive. Yeah, exactly. So if there's anything, you know, that you could share with the women, the like number one suggestion you have for them when it comes to gratitude that you want to leave with them, what would that be? So one of the things that I think changed my mindset that I think that is really important that any business owner, anybody in general can remember, um, I was driving down the road one day and I had I was not feeling well and I had to go to the bathroom really bad. And I was driving like not crazy, but I was in a hurry. And I'm like, I hope I'm not irritating people because I felt like I was like trying to get home. I did not feel well. I was like, I'm going to be sick. And like a couple of days later, I was in the car and people were cutting me off and like driving. And I stopped and I thought, and I'm like, I bet you they're going to be sick. So I just always have that mentality of when things are annoying me and other people especially like traffic or anything, but you can use it in any life is, is like, I always try to remember, like, maybe they're on their way home to vomit or like, <laughs> maybe they're going to shit themselves, like let them <laughs> cut you off and go. And it starts to let go of those things because, and it's not such a weird thing to say, but like, you realize that there are bigger pictures to things and to slow down. And you're, and at that moment, I always stop and go, I'm grateful that I feel well today. And if you shift that mindset and throughout your day, like 
if you spill your coffee and you're like, that was my last of my milk, like I'm grateful because maybe that milk would have given me like food poisoning or something Mm -hmm. and just stopping in the midst of a shitty situation and trying to find something that you're grateful for in it. Uh, you can do it with tears streaming down your face. You can do it cussing out yourself. Like you can find all of it, but as long as you just stop and just take a deep breath and go, okay, what is this teaching me? What can I learn from this? And what can I be grateful for? Because even on the worst case situation or scenario, there's something to be grateful for. Um, and like, you might not know it at that point in time, but in, you know, a year or two, five years, 10 years, you might get that answer, but it's not easy, but it's worth it. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love that. That's so beautiful. And so where can we find you? Where do we find your gratitude journals, your book? You know, um, I know you've mentioned TikTok. Where, where can everyone find you? I am all over the place. Uh, if you type in Joss and Kraut anywhere, (laughs) you can find me on every platform. Um, I have, uh, my photography business, Joss and Crow Photography. I have Joss and Crow Education for photographers and the Joss and Crow podcast where we talk about photography, business life, and so much more. And um, if you go to www.joslynkrowl.com backslash links, you will find all of that there. I also have my gratitude journals on my shop and they're on Amazon worldwide so you can order them anywhere um and if you have prime i think they ship faster so um (laughs) those are on my shop and they are also on amazon i feel like you get them faster if you buy the gratitude journals on amazon so um especially because if you're over um out of the country i think the exchange time is a little bit longer i know that i sent one to um i think it was australia and it took like three weeks to get there but um, Amazon will print them from their actual location. So you can get them faster that way. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, and for all of you out there listening, go out there and make life your bitch. Thanks for listening to this episode of the make life your bitch podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with your bestie. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, feedback, or compliments that you want to throw like confetti, you can reach me directly at podcast at makelifeyourbitch.co. Thanks for listening.